hair off like the front of my nose. Yeah. You know, that, that whole deal. And, and of course, you know, doing the, the eyebrow, the, like I don't have a unibrow, but it's like, there's a little hair there. This is a little bit. And I have blonde hair anyway. So it's not like you see, I could have a bush and you wouldn't know, <laughs> uh, but please, I like, I don't know what it was. One particular hair off the front of my nose. I was sneezing for the next 10 minutes. Just blowing my nose constantly. It was like I had some physiological response. It was like the <laughs> hair was embedded deep in my soul. Uh, but that's not why you're here. Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. Justin Baker. That's a beautiful <laughs> intro. Beautiful intro about my my nose hair. Uh, you know, it's the thing is that what I went through is similar to what Tampa Bay went through. It's just it was over the course of four games. But really, I mean, was it much different than pulling a hair out of someone's nose unexpectedly? Because that was the Tampa Bay Lightning have been swept. It's all over. It's done. Dude. The greatest regular season in the last 25 years since 1996. And they're done. Four games. Didn't even win a playoff game. Yeah. Embarrassing. Just embarrassing, I think. Where do you go from this? I mean, they they have the best team on on paper. I mean, we'll, we'll chalk it up to I suppose Hedman. Maybe Hedman's way better than we ever thought. <laughs> like obviously, we knew he was good. You know, he's he's a Norris Trophy candidate. Right. We thought know. Eric Carlson could stir a team's drink, but apparently Hedman is way more valuable. It, it all went to hell as soon as he was gone. I mean, Hedman and Kucherov missed Game Three, and it was just a dumpster fire. <laughs> what, like what's happening? I mean. At this point, is there any other option but to, I mean, do you just go, well, you know, is what it is and, and, uh, like, we'll just try again next year. Can you really go back with this group and try it again? I mean, to be quite honest, so you have to think about their cap situation, right? They don't have a lot of money to work with where they can go because, you know, they've got new deals kicking in. They've got Kucherov's, you know, 9.5 starting next season, right? You've got. Yanni Gord's 5.1 kicking in, and you you got a couple you know UFAs coming off the back end of the books, but like they're not going to have a lot of space to maneuver to where they can go out and sign a big name free agent and be like, okay, now we can like reshape the team a little bit, right? I mean, you would have to wheel and deal half of your valuable guys, and the dumb thing would be to do would be to panic, right? I, I at least I think I think you just keep with it with what you got and. Try yeah, to maybe adjust. You? I mean, this team also... Remember, this team also lost in quick fashion to the Boston Bruins last year. That's right. It's, it's not like this team has had some incredible success. I know that they've made the conference finals, what, like three of the four... La- before this year, it was three of the four... Three of the last four years, they made the conference finals. Right. So I, it's not like they they haven't gone decently far, but the, la- the last two years, yes, they, they beat a bad New Jersey Devils team. I mean, a team that was literally just riding on the back of Taylor Hall, and obviously the Lightning were just too much in a seven-game series. Even even so, what the Devils lost in what six? Was it six or was it five? It was five. I think it was five. But I mean, to and I understand. You know, we'll we'll take we'll take this back. Everyone coming in here, you know the the initial line was greatest upset of all time, and then. Of course, you get the people that go, "No, I'm going to be different. I'm going to head out on Twitter with a with a like a a campaign that says this team is not hashtag not really an eighth seed." 
Right. That's like I've been seeing everywhere. They're not really an eight seed. I mean, look at you know, there. There's three teams in the West that finished with less points than them, and blah 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 blah. It. I mean, this team was an eight seed. They weren't eight seeded, and you can talk about how they weren't, but they were. Uh, it doesn't matter what they did at the end. It matters what they did over the course of 82 games. They were an eight seed. That's where they fell. Were they equivalent to some eight seeds in the past or maybe even some teams in the West because the West is weaker? No. But, I mean, it's just it, the Columbus Blue Jackets, yeah, well, they're good. The, on paper, they look pretty good. They still don't look like they should be able to do this. No, but they... I got to tip my cap to John Tortorella a little bit. I mean, they put together a game plan that shut down the neutral zone, didn't give them a lot of chances up the middle. And I'm yes, you know, having Hedman out, you know, is definitely going to hurt any team, but it shouldn't have hurt them this bad, as dominant as they were in the regular season. And uh, let's face it, I mean, Bobrovsky showed up for once, right? He was the guy that I thought was never going to show up in the playoffs. I was worried. I, I said, you know, when we did our reviews, I said, if they have – any chance he's got to show up and he did yeah and 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 another thing too a a little gripe i have with the refereeing right and i don't want to go off on a rant here but you watch over the course let's go on a little bit of a rant yes downstream rant um over the course of 1200 games right during the regular season every team the games are called a certain way and it's called in the way that is advantageous for a team like Tampa Bay where their power play can get out there and dominate you like they did. Now come playoff time, you can spear a guy in the back of the head and it's going to go. They're going to they're going to let it go. I mean, you don't have to I mean, even just switching gears, you go to that Boston Toronto game too. Oh my goodness. That maybe is the worst officiated game one of the worst I've ever seen. Right. So if 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 you officiate like you did in the regular season, Tampa Bay gets I don't know, 10, 12 more power plays, and what are the odds they probably score on three or four of those? And right. now we're and talking... we're a 2-2 series. Right, or exactly. Like or, or at very least, they're getting another shot here with, with another game. Yeah, and, and it's... The, the stupid thing is that, yes, of course, playoffs get better ratings in the regular season. <laughs> Duh. I mean, the games mean more. <laughs> Thank you. That's all right. So, but do people watch because they go... Oh, good. The regular season's over. Now it's real hockey. Now let's watch because I know it's going to be like this, like what we saw in some of those games. Right, the grind. Right. I, I mean, I think that more people are watching the regular season because the regular season has become more about skill. And that's what people want to see. People want to see this unbelievable skill, really not like an, an offensive team be able to, you know, the, the better team wins. In those in those cases, yes, there absolutely are game plans that can be put together to shut down highly skilled teams like Columbus did to Tampa. But there should have been more penalties in that game, just like there should have been more penalties in Game Two. Now, you, of of Boston Toronto, there, there's there's been other games in these playoffs too where you you look at what's happening, and I mean some in in some fashion, the same goes for Vegas and San Jose. Although San Jose has certainly you know, if, if you've got Joe Thornton throwing some monster elbows, uh, it's it's definitely going both ways. And he was suspended. But, I mean, it's just how how is it that we don't look at the regular season and go, the regular season is pretty good. Like, for what it is, the regular season has some pretty good hockey. Now we get to the playoffs and we go, let's just forget that game. We don't want to play that kind of game. Let's play the game that we used to play 20 years ago. Right. Without a little bit of clutching and grabbing. But, I mean, 
it just doesn't make any sense. Why are we going backwards just because it's playoffs? Exactly. And now I will admit a majority of of me loves playoff hockey because the way it's called a little bit more than the regular season. However, I hate the inconsistency more than anything else, right? I think if we're going to have the games called one way in the regular season, it needs to be the exact same way in the playoffs. Now, I would prefer it called the same way it was in the playoffs all year round and just let guys beat up each other a little bit more, but now that's just me. So most people like like yourself, I'm sure, Mark, probably prefer to see the skill come out a little bit more, and that's totally fine. I have nothing against the way well, the game's called. Well, I like a called. good balance. Yeah, okay. You know, a, fair ba- a fair balance to me says, like, yes, guys should be able to, you should be able to throw body checks and not have to worry about that. Like, if a guy is in a, now, if a guy's in a vulnerable situation, whatever, you know, it that's that's old news. Like, you can't hit a guy when he's in a sure. vulnerable situation, but uh, it's the, it's all the extra stuff that's happening uh, it just kind of blows my mind, though, the way that the league lets particular players get away with this. And then when it comes to other guys, they lay the hammer down. And it just doesn't make any sense. Now, I I will be the first one to admit, when I, like, when I saw what Kadri did, I just... I said you're a freaking idiot. Right. Like I don't I don't care how much heart you think you have or you know pundits I don't care how much they how how much they think that he he was protecting Marlo. Who get Mar- Marlo popped right back up. I mean, yeah, you're going to go I mean, thanks for coming to my defense, but just drop your damn gloves. Don't be a bitch and have to go in and cross check <laughs> a guy in the face. Drop your gloves. Yeah, and I don't even care if you think he stuck his leg out either. Like who gives a crap? I'd rather go hurt them on the scoreboard and freaking say, oh, guess what? We're winning the series. That's going to that's gonna really put a dent in your ego a lot more than my stick to your face. Exactly. So. And you actually get to play the next time. Right. Exactly. And, and the sad thing is that Kadri had just scored a goal. And, and I mean, he, he was looking like he was going to have a good series. Best third-line center in the playoffs right now, and he's gone. And he's gone. And, and you know what? Next game, they played so phenomenal. <laughs> Yeah. Mitch Marner looked unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, you watch it. I don't know if you watch Game Three. I watched a little bit. You saw the very end where he he blocked those two Unreal. shots. Unreal. And I, I, you know, I had this this give him the C. Give like, him the C right now. I love this guy. Yes, I love. Yes, hundred percent. He deserves the C. He deserves the exact same contract that Austin Matthews. Oh my just gosh, signed. yes. And I don't care that he's a winger. He is. He is going to be better than Patrick Kane. Dude, okay. I, I'm not arguing with that at all. It, it was, I love that everything game. about this guy's game from his two-way play to his offensive ability. So, it, And it was that game where you go, all right, everything's on the line. Austin Matthews isn't out there. It's nope. Mitch Mar- And Austin it's Matthews, Tavares it's, it's and not Marner. to say that Austin Matthews is actually pretty decent defensively uh, for a younger, but Mitch Marner is just on another level. Like, he is. I mean, you're talking a, a guy that in four years could be – the next like Bergeron at the on, at the wing. Do you start and, teaching him faceoffs now and be like, dude, learn this so we can? I, I just think it. he's too small. Now, oh, okay, yeah, and, and you don't want him to change the way that he. You know, he's he's Johnny Goudreau, but good defensively. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I he's on a pretty similar trajectory to Johnny Goudreau, and they're pretty similar players. Now, does this this whole incident make? Kadri expendable in the offseason. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think he's gone. Okay. I, I don't I think there's very little doubt. The, the only reason why I would say that maybe they go, well, okay, he makes four and a half million dollars a year. Yes, that's that's a decent chunk. It's not 
a massive chunk. We can definitely afford to keep him. Are we going to sell Kadri at his lowest? Like you're not going to get much for Nazem Kadri right now. Oh, I absolutely think you would get more. You think you'd get a first round pick for Nazem Kadri? Maybe not a first round pick, but I think you can get a pretty dang good prospect for him. At I least mean, he just he he scored two goal, two seasons of thirty goals in a row, and then he he kind of fell off this year. And but I think people know his value both as a two way guy. And his ability to score, right? I just you put him like in the right situation. Yeah, but I just feel like you're worried about him making one one more. What happens if he does this again? Sure, I completely is understand. It 20 games because he is. I mean, you tweeted it from our account at OT Hockey Talk. I mean, you tweeted it that he's the most suspended player in the league. There's no one <laughs> in the league that has been suspended more times than Nazem Kadri. Yeah, but I think five times four and a half million any team. It's worth a gamble bringing him on because then absolutely it's worth a gamble. But that gamble has, like, obviously you're going, well, if we can get him at a discount right now, yeah, we'll gamble on him. He's worth the gamble. Mm -hmm. But if you have to give up a first-round pick for him, it's not really a gamble. Like that's No, that's why I wouldn't give up a first round. I would give give up a good prospect for him and maybe, like, a third, fourth-round pick with it. Yeah, yeah, I just... I mean, a good prospect sounds pretty good yeah, too. Get you know? a get a pretty good D prospect in there for Toronto and call I, it a day. I just yeah, if you could trade him for another like a defenseman at a similar level, like a, a three four type of defenseman, uh, that that would be worth it. I just I wonder if they go eh, if we hang on to him and see what happens at the deadline or something like that. Maybe we have a better shot of dealing him and and getting what we want. And you use him as you know, hey. For a somewhat rental, we can give you a player that's signed long term. I think he signed another three years after this this year. So yeah, that that could be a benefit to to him. But at the same time, I'm just going statistically speaking here. The Leafs have a the, there's better better than fifty percent chance that they win this series now, up two to one. The team a team that's up two to one wins you know something like sixty percent of the time, maybe more. So. I think that the Leafs have a good shot at beating the Bruins here. We'll see what happens tonight. We're recording this at 5.45 p.m. on, on uh, Tuesday so or Wednesday where game four is about to be played. So let's say the Leafs win this series. Then Nazem Kadri comes back. And if he does well for the remainder of the playoffs, and frankly, you know, Tampa Bay's out. This is like... East is wide open. This is a dream scenario for Boston and for Toronto because in reality, whoever wins this series is likely going to play Washington in the conference finals. And, and, and you know, that's at, at least from where uh, we sit right now, I, it looks <laughs> like Washington, Washington's going to beat Carolina in, in the seven games. I mean, I, that's, I I'm still there. I, I, I think that, you know, and Carolina's putting up a fight and I don't think we ever thought that they weren't. They no, no. I, I do worry though. Second round matchup though. Torch knows Washington really, really well. That's true. It's true, could, but Washington knows Torts really well. Yeah, but that's the other thing about Pittsburgh, though. People were saying, "Oh, you know, Torts knows. Uh, he knows the uh, Trots. Sorry, not Torts. Trots. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. He know yeah. he knows the the Penguins so well. And my thought was, I mean, in in reality, the Penguins know Torts very well. Trots. My God. <laughs> Trits. 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 Uh, we call them Trits. Okay. Both of them, they're trits. Uh, and so I, I think, yeah, there, there is that side of it, but everybody knows everybody at this point. You know, we all know what to expect when you're playing a team. It's not like there's any secrets anymore. You can go and you can watch. I can watch 
every single one of every team's games if I want to, if I had the time. And so you, you know, at this point, you've got every angle. You have those coaches have so so much material. It's they they know what's what to expect. And I mean, frankly, the the head coach of Washington, he was under Barry Trotz, so it's not like he doesn't know exactly what's being said in in the Islanders locker room. But that that's going to be a good series, assuming that's I what think happens. so. I'll be I'll be a really interesting series. Uh, but I mean, in, re- in reality, Toronto Boston, I think whoever wins that series. I think probably has the best chance to go to the Stanley Cup final out of the East. I mean, I will say, okay, so when you looked at the Penguins, you look at the the Columbus series, right? Both both Tampa Bay and Penguin and Pittsburgh, they lose because they weren't able to grind out, right? They got shut down in the neutral zone. They weren't able to do much up the middle. And I I do worry a little bit for Toronto. Not being able to grind out, right? That's I mean, been dude, the one fault. They too. are out hitting the Bruins they in this are, series, which I am shocked. So I am shocked about. So if they can continue playing like they are now, and Anderson is playing pretty dang good, yes. Um, then I, I I do think Toronto probably does have the best chance. Yeah, and you know, of, of course, Washington's always going to be the favorite. But I'm I'm picturing this this dream scenario, and this is for me: Leafs beat Boston. That'd be great. They go on to play Columbus. Columbus is only three and a half hours from here. That's an easy trip for oh. me to go and, and watch a game down there. Yeah, but how much are tickets going to be, though? Because uh, I, I looked guarantee it up. Tickets are like 160 bucks. Really? Yeah. Well, that's not too bad. But you got to think, though, a lot of those Toronto fans are going to be willing to drive seven hours. So that's true. You got to fight those people off I mean, now. That's a, that's a long... I mean, from Toronto, yeah, that'd be, that'd be about eight, I think eight hours almost. Yeah, almost. Yeah. But I mean, nice and close for a three hour. Right. Like Columbus is the closest team to Detroit outside of Detroit to, to travel to. There's no other team that's closer. Mm-hmm. Chicago's four hours. No, you're right. Yeah. Toronto's yeah. about four and a half. And then I guess the next closest would be Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's about five hours away. So, I mean, there's a lot of teams that are within reasonable driving distance, but Leafs go play them. I get to go see, see them play there. And then they, <laughs> they go to the next round, play Washington and, Washington is who they lost to the first year they made the playoffs with this new group. What a what a great story to be able to go in and it's the same team that you lost to two years ago. You have to beat them to go to the Stanley Cup final. Doesn't hurt their defending champs too. Be pretty it'd be pretty epic. A pretty good good conference final. That would be if, if you ask me. So okay, let, let's go back to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh in terms of oh, if there's one player that's gone, who is it? Because don't forget. They have to re-sign Braden Point. They only have $6 million available under the cap. Six million bucks. And they only have four defensemen signed. So there's definitely other guys coming. And the year after that, they're going to have to re-sign Mikhail Sergachev. So somebody somebody has to go. And I mean, fortunately for them, Ryan Callahan will be off the books. Maybe they can find find a, a suitor for him somewhere. But... Who is, who is it going to be? Is it going to be Tyler Johnson or JT Miller? Is it Andre Pala? Is it multiples of those guys? Kalorn? Yanni Gord? I think ideally Kalorn would be the guy that they would like to ship out. But I, I think the way he plays and I think the production you get from him, I think they, they're they going to find more suitors for a guy like Tyler Johnson than they would for Kalorn, in my opinion. Yeah, well, JT Miller is the only one without any... No movements. No movements, Yes. So right. that that could also play. In. Oh, oh, of course, you know, Gord does have he doesn't either, but Kalorn does have a no trade clause. I'm I'm not 
I'm not sure to the extent it looks. He submits a list of 16 teams he can be traded to. That's starting in 2020-21. So he, yeah, I guess he doesn't have a no trade clause for this next year. So somebody's going. You know, that's I, I, their structure has been built around. Yeah, if we can, we'll win the cup, and that's fine. And then, yeah, we might have to we'll solve some pieces, it. but we might have another well, shot at it. Maybe you buy Callahan out, save some money there. You can save a few million there and spread it out over a couple of years. Yeah, or if I mean, if you can, if you can trade him and and just eat half of it, two point nine million, you can. That's you not can bad. Do that. And Callahan, getting Callahan at two point nine million for a team like eh, maybe Arizona. You know, a, t- a team that is looking for a player like that to come in. I mean, a team like Ottawa that needs yeah, to get to the floor. Needs to get to the floor. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe they send a third round pick along with them, and they just take the whole the whole salary. <laughs> right. Call it call it a day. Uh, let, let's go to the Pittsburgh Penguins though. Uh, this this is a team that obviously they they've won their cups. You know, they won two cups in a row. Last year was kind of maybe a swan song for them, and it, it didn't end up working out. They couldn't get past Washington, but pretty darn close. I mean, frankly, if Washington had beat Pittsburgh those other years, they probably would have won the cup multiple times. So, I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins, it's not like their their fan base is hurting for a cup. It's not like they're too hungry. Right. They're, they're pretty satisfied at this point. I'm, I'm sure that if you ask them, they'd say, no, we want to win three or four or five, six, seven. Uh, and and you you understand that Sidney Crosby is is only in his prime once, and it looks as though Malkin's prime is is over. Uh, he's still a very good player. He's still the best number two center in the NHL outside of maybe John I'm, Tavares. Yeah, I was going to say I might take Tavares at this yeah. point, but uh, we'll go top five number two centers. Okay. But he's really he would be a number one center on uh, at least ten teams in the league. I think oh, probably more than that, but so, sure. I mean, Phil Kessel's 31, Hornquist is 32, Latang's 31. I mean, this team is is beginning to age themselves out. Uh, is there a big move in store for this team? Like, is this finally where do do we see Phil Kessel go? Do we see uh, do we start to hear rumors of Malkin again being traded? Uh, wh- what does this team do moving forward to try and get themselves back to being contenders? Because at this point, I I think that after we see them this year in the playoffs we realize they aren't contenders they just they know how to win they, they can get in the playoffs and that was about it everything yeah. else kind of just boy i think where you have to start uh this team honestly is looking at the back end because they shot themselves in the foot with trades signings on the back end and it's put just they've handcuffed themselves in terms of salary cap wise where they can't really add too many guys up front or on the back end again now right you've got Five got no six of their guys are signed to three point two million dollar more contracts with I mean you don't you don't have fifth, sixth, and even scratch players that are making that kind of money. So you don't have room to maneuver now. I mean, Justin Schultz, Chris Letang, those are two guys you maybe could try to move on the back end, but I don't think you're you're not trying to move Chris Letang at this but, point. Yeah, ex- that's the thing, because when you look past those two guys, Everything else is garbage. Well, Dumoulin, Dumoulin can he's he's reasonable. Okay, he's reasonable. I, I, I'm okay with Dumoulin where he's at. Four million. It's okay. It's all right. But Olimata, not liking where his game's gone since oh. he signed his new deal. Erica Branson, there's a reason he was rejected by a couple other teams, right? Jack Johnson, I I was happy for him that he got a contract because of what his family did, but not worth it, in my opinion. Would never have given him that kind of money. No. Uh, certainly didn't live up to it this season. Maybe next season he turns it around and then we're having a different conversation. But, yeah, I mean, you've handicapped yourself on the back end because now you've got Matt Murray who just looks pedestrian. 
I mean, did not very did not look very good in Justin, that series. This team has so. literally has, and now I know the salary cap's going to go up next sure, year a little bit by yeah. a little bit, a little bit, not much, maybe two million, three at the most. Sure. Right now, with the current salary cap and the projections for next year, based on bonuses, they are minus minus with cap space, minus two hundred thousand in cap space. So the Penguins have nowhere to go. They have to move someone. Someone has to be moved to be able to do this. And so, I mean, granted, when you look at their their roster on Cap Friendly right now, they have uh, 12, 25 players up on that rot- roster, which actually isn't how, you know, you usually only have 22, but because it was the playoffs, they were able to have more guys up there. Uh, and so, really, they're, they probably have a couple million, but... Somebody has to go. To me, it's Evgeny Malkin. You look to deal Malkin, or you or you deal Kessel. Yeah, Malkin. You could deal him if you find a team desperate enough that is on like that has cap space that's ready to make a run at the cup, right? That could use that extra veteran, you sure. know, number one, maybe number two guy. If you got a, a young kid in there, right? Like, I'm gonna say exactly who. Please tell me the Los Angeles Kings need to trade for Evgeny Malkin. Wow. They can trade Jeff Carter to the Pittsburgh Penguins along with something sure. for Evgeny Malkin. It gives the Penguins a little bit of room. I, I believe Carter's contract is around $6 million. Yeah, No, like five. Five million. Closer to five. So it saves them a bunch of money. And they, they would also, of course, get something. You get some sort of draft pick. Not their, not their first-round pick this year. Uh, maybe a first-round pick the following year, which kind of starts to set you up for some things and... and you know, maybe they're able to send over a prospect. But to me, I know I the Kings are trying to get faster. Maybe Malkin's not that guy who's going to help you get faster. But picture the Kings Take all of a sudden Kovalchuk. with with Kopitar and Malkin, and then Kovalchuk can go and play with Malkin. It might be too slow. Oh, <laughs> uh, they're going Where'd backwards. They go? They're going backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I I just think L.A. is a team that they have some they have some contracts that are. You know, that are close to ending and they could they could maybe maneuver enough to where they I mean they have seven million in cap space but yeah if they dealt if they dealt uh, Jeff Carter 5.2 then suddenly you've you've got enough to be yeah. able to bring in a Malkin and you know maybe you're looking at trading off a Dustin a Dustin Brown or if Malkin's, you could trade Kovalchuk maybe to the Islanders with Lou Lamarillo who signed him uh, to his fatty deal before I think uh, that Kovalchuk would go I think he'd waive his no movement. Oh, sure. If you could go to a cup contender for sure. But I, I think Malkin's deal is going to be, it's going to be difficult to move him because of that salary. He's at 9.5, but I, I do like Phil Kessel when you, when you talk about guys that maybe need to get moved because a guy who can still put up almost at a point per one or a point per game pace scores, the scores a lot of goals and he's valuable on the power play. And he would and come cheaper. $6.8 million. It's cheaper in terms of his, his cap hit, but also yes. cheaper in terms of what you'd have to give up. To right. Him. And and for Pittsburgh would probably be less of a less of an impact because he plays the wing, but I mean yeah, there's there's lots of teams that would love to have Phil Kessel at oh, six absolutely. eight. I mean, and, I think and there's in reality, teams that would love to Phil have Phil Kessel is, is making what eight and a half. He, so he's the Leafs are paying a little bit of that sure. through the rest of his deal. Which it's hard to believe that that deal is halfway done. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe. Laughable. Yes. Uh, okay. Let's take a look at the rest of the series that are left over here. Uh, 
we let, let's focus in particular on the games that have where we've already played four games because of course game game four for several teams is tonight and so there's maybe less point in talking about those ones since uh, they're already going to have happened by the time we we get done but let's let's jump over to vegas and san jose we both now i picked san jose in seven you had vegas in seven and you switched on my bracket i went pick. back to san jose it was yes. more, I just, I, I had to go with my gut. My heart wanted me to take San Jose. So I, I just went with them. Don't even. trust Justin's gut. Oh, no, gosh, no. Except for in fantasy stupid. hockey. Your gut's pretty <laughs> pretty solid. Just won every game, every single week. Uh, <laughs> my only brag this year. Sweet brag. Uh, what's going on with San Jose? Or or what's, what's Vegas doing right? Man, uh, Vegas's second quote-unquote line is what's right. Um, between Stasny, Pacioretty, and Stone, 28 points in four games They're for those three guys. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and Mark Stone is is proving, uh, you know, sometimes there's that idea that, well, you trade for this third, maybe a second-line guy at the deadline, like Gustav Nyquist, that you're giving up something for him, and in the end, he doesn't really move the needle very much. So is there really any point in, in acquiring a guy like him? Whereas when it comes to a guy like Mark Stone, if you can get him and not have to give up roster players, I, I mean, he moves the needle so much. He runs, he drives a line all by himself. I mean, he will end up maybe being the best deadline acquisition since Ron Francis and the Pittsburgh Penguins in the, the early 90s. Yeah, I, I can't think I of a better one. That. I can't think of a better one. Was Brennan Shanahan acquired at the deadline? No, but I Gretzky no, was. Yeah, I might go with Chris Chelios. Okay, Chris Chelios yeah. was a good one too. Yeah, and they and they won a cup, so they we'll, did. So we'll uh, we'll give them that. But yeah, I mean, anytime you're trading for a Hall of Fame defenseman, <laughs> that's that always helps. And it was that was that was a little more controversial because Red Wings fans hated Chris Chelios. Oh, yeah. And when he came, I remember listening to sports radio and it was like, screw this guy. Like, I can't believe that Ken Holland traded for him. Like, how dare he bring they in the Chris same Chelios. way with Todd Bertuzzi. And then people were just, I love, I love Chris Chelios. Oh, yeah. When he's on your side, I mean, gosh, you love him. It's like Brad Marchand. I hate his guts, but if, dude, if he's playing with Troy, oh, yeah, if he's I'd probably love him. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. why, I, like, even though I'm a little angry at Nazem Kadri, you still, you, you gotta, you like him. Right. I mean, it's not that I don't like him. It's just that I don't necessarily want him on my team anymore. <laughs> oh, Maybe I don't like him. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I think Flurry's looking pretty good, but I, I think the biggest issue for me with San Jose is goaltending. They're just not getting timely saves from from either guy. It's coming. It's, and that was our question. And, and the playoffs are a restart. We thought maybe yeah. Martin Jones can find his his last year self somewhere in him, and it has not worked out. And, and you know, I wonder some of these goalies. There's been particular ones who have struggled more this year, and I don't think there's like you look. I mean, Jake Allen, shoot, he he was struggling last year, but it just it he imploded. Uh, Martin Pretty Jones. What what other goal? There was a couple other goalies that really just did not like Roberto Luongo. Cam Talbot that, that might have more to do with his with his age than anything. Cam Talbot, yeah, he he had a pretty rough year. Uh, I'm wondering if some of these goalies are just taking longer to adjust to new angles because of the equipment and because of the like the nets changing a little bit the way that they're shaped. 
Right. Smaller uh, chest protectors for those who don't know this year in the NHL. And um, yeah, I, I mean a little bit, but I think by this time come playoffs, you have to have figured it out, right? There's, I, I don't think. think there's an excuse because you have other guys that are playing just as well um, that are playing better with, well, well, with and, the and I'm not equipment. saying I'm not saying that that yes, other players have had to adjust. I agree. I think most have. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if maybe, especially Martin Jones. You look at his numbers this year compared to previous years, and it really makes you go, "What happened to you? Like, what's going on? Could it be that he hasn't adjusted, and that either a he won't adjust, or he's just going to take an extra season to adjust? Like, maybe he goes into the off season." He he under you know someone can look at his game and go ah, here's the here's what changed based on maybe the the way that your equipment is is sitting on you and and uh, let's change a couple things. Uh, I don't know how how much I feel about that with Martin Jones just because I a lot of the goals that I've seen him give up in the playoffs this year have been like just over the shoulder just played the played the angle really bad right and so I don't know how much. Of when that comes down to equipment, that that really is going to be a huge factor in that. I think it's. I think right now for him, it's more mental than anything else. Yeah, yeah. I think he just had a rough go at it this season, and he just he knows it, and he just hasn't been able to recover in time. And I think you know when most teams they have the ability to go to a backup or somebody else, like for instance Calgary could or um, you know Colorado for example in that series. Um, you know if you're Martin Jones, you don't have that safety net behind you to think, oh crap, I can't screw up because. I'm that guy. I'm the only guy they have, right? You just, I have to get it together. And so, because you can't, Aaron Dell, I mean, you're not going to get anything better if nope. you go to him. So, no, uh, yeah, good yeah. luck, San Jose. Yeah, you don't go to Aaron Dell. Uh, it, it does beg the question. Like, I, I think that at this point, you do have to look at what the general manager there did or, or didn't do. And that was bringing a backup goalie when there were definitely some goalies that were available. Jimmy I mean, Howard would have looked nice going back the other way, too. I mean, I also, I mean, you just think maybe even Cam Talbot wouldn't like to have him back there or, you know, maybe you could have traded for a Cam Ward or like there was, there was a couple options, maybe uh, like a Ryan Miller. Could you have traded Dude, for Ryan Miller? He would have been gone, hey, fantastic. Do you, you want to go on another playoff run? It wouldn't have been far for him to, from Anaheim to San Jose, no big deal. I know he, he did right, for a couple months and I, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing he probably signs back in Anaheim again, but it doesn't yeah. matter. You can go back. You know, just take a couple months and go try to win a cup. But or Chad Johnson in Anaheim. Wow. Uh, you, now, I mean, it does beg the question. Now you look at next next season for the San Jose Sharks if they go on to lose this series. Uh, you know, maybe they go and they, if Carolina can't hang on to Peter Mrazek, or San Jose's willing to give him more money, do they they go after a guy like Mrazek or Leonard, who are both unrestricted free agents? Maybe you bring in a veteran like Mike Smith if he's willing to leave Calgary. I, I, I don't know. There's not a whole. It's not like other than Bobrowski, which I think the assumption is he's going to Florida. It's not like he's coming to San Jose. So, I, well, I, I think don't it see really depends if San Jose locks down Eric Carlson, right? Because if they don't, then they have some money to burn. They have some money to spend because they're projected to have, I think, around twenty-one million dollars. Uh, in cap space, not including what the cap might go up or down or, you know, go up. Um, and I mean, they do have a couple other pieces they need to sign and guys they need to like big Joe, little Joe, whether or not they bring either one of those two guys back. But anyways, then you can afford to maybe go out and and get a guy, um, you know, with a bigger contract for maybe a year or two and see if you can't piece something together. But, um, you know, maybe this is a good time to, to see if you can maybe make a trade for James Reimer, give him a shot. 
James Reimer did not look very good. I don't no, think that he did, I would. But I, yeah, that's, I'm just saying you could get him for dirt yeah. cheap. Yes, so, yes, you could. Because if Florida wants Bobrovsky, they got to unload it. Yeah, they, so. they're going to have to. Yes, that's that's a good point. Um, has Joe Thornton is if if they lose Thursday night, has he played his last game as the San Jose Shark? Is he done? No, I don't think he's so. He's coming back. I would think so. Or do you think he's going to join Patrick Marlowe in Toronto? <laughs> sign a one mil, one one year, one mil. I mean, he'll sign a cheaper deal. I wouldn't be surprised if I see him around two and a half, three million dollars, or maybe cheaper one or one million with a lot of bonuses yeah. in there. Um, Based on games played, but I, I don't think he goes to Toronto I, unless Kadri gets traded and Patty has like a big just hey dude come play third hey, line for us and hey as you long get to as play the with Leafs me. Don't bury Marlowe so. somewhere, somewhere in uh, yeah Eastern. We'll see. Uh, has Joe Pavelski played his last game for the San Jose Sharks if they lose on Thursday? Yeah. Yes. I do think so. Really? Yeah. You think that he's gone? I do. You, you I, think, I think they're just going to hit the reset button if they lose this series. I really think so because if, if Carlson wow. walks, I think you have to. Uh, not necessarily hit do a hard reset where you have to just, re, just, just dump everything, but I think you need to rethink um, you know, the way you're approaching the game now with the type of team you have right now i think they have a lot of good younger pieces you know evander kane looks pretty good couture they're locked up for long term so you can't really do anything with those guys i mean they're going to be um they're going to be there for a while um but you know joe pot he's going to get a lot of money from another team that's going to be willing to maybe give him like a patty marlowe type deal where he's going to get two three years from somebody and he could probably get seven eight million dollars because he scores goals I just can't. I mean, just letting your captain go, letting Joe. Thor- Can you imagine letting Joe Thornton go and Joe Pavelski? You're about. You're going to lose Nyquist likely, and then Don Scoy, Eric Carlson. Geez, what that? If they lose this series, that's just a. This team might get blown up. You're right. I that that hasn't been on the forefront of my mind, but that's that could be a. This could be a rough summer for the San Jose Sharks. But you know who would be a great fit. Oh, (laughs) well, I mean, he would be really good there, but he's willing to go to a team that's on the ocean. But I do think if you lose both Joes, you have to go after center. And I do think Matt Duchesne would look pretty good with this team, but that's assuming he doesn't resign in in Columbus. I think he likes it there right now, but they, if they go and like somehow win another round or something, or, I mean, I, I, you know, he's just scored his first ever playoff goal. I know that's crazy. He scored a couple of them. I I don't think, I think he's going to resign in Columbus. Why wouldn't you? Why would, especially with, if Panarin and Bobrovsky are going to leave, that means that Columbus is going to go, they're going to need to spend some money. They're going to spend it on Duchesne because he's already there. And they, like, obviously things are working out well. And so you spend your money on him and then you go out, you find, you know, some patchwork for your goaltending and you probably have enough money to go out and sign some other pretty high end free agent, make a trade. I think there's a lot of options out there for Columbus, and I could see them being willing to bet on Matt Duchesne, especially if he's willing to go in there at eight yeah i i would agree with that i i i think that would be a good sign for them and he he looks good there he looks comfortable and he looks like he's having fun and you know again like if they go out and they can make you know go deep in the second round i think it just it bodes well for that team re-signing guys like that i think san jose wins game five do you think do you think that do you think that they can go in and and they'll be at home I think they win game five. I think that it's going to be game six. It's going to be tough as nails to win that game. Yeah, I, but I, I think would that they survive one, at least one more game. Yeah, I would agree. 
Okay, let's go to the the Jets and the Blues. This this has been a a, a very tight series. Despite you know St. Louis, of course, they won they won six three in in game three, uh, but it was it was a close game. It, ne- it never fell out of reach for the Jets. But uh, St. Louis has definitely shown off an ability to to play defensive. I mean, a couple of these games have been two to one. Uh, the other games have been high scoring, and I think when we have evaluated the series, we said, "Watch, you're going to see games that are high scoring, and you're going to see these two one one nothing type of games." That's exactly what we see, we've seen so far. Both teams have win won a little bit higher scoring game, and then of course uh, both teams have won a two to one game. Game four going into overtime. Now we go game five, headed back to Winnipeg tomorrow night on Thursday. Where do you think this series is is leaning right now? It's leaning towards Game Seven, is what it is. But yeah, um, I, I still lean towards Winnipeg. It's leaning towards home ice advantage not being an advantage, right? I mean, let's face it. Both goaltenders on. I mean, outside that six to three blowout of a game by Bingington, I think both goaltenders have looked pretty dang good. I think you know. Uh, even though they lost two to one, they're not in that game unless Bingington shows up the way he did in Game Four, and uh, you know, I mean, Halibux looked pretty good on the other end. He hasn't looked sensational. Neither one of these guys have right. looked like they're ready to steal a series like Leonard did, but um, they've looked good. And I, I got to tip my cap to Bingington because I was not expecting him to to not have those playoff jitters. So yeah, yeah, he's been real good. I, I to me, the thing St. Louis gets up two nothing. Now it's two two. And the last two games, I think we really like Winnipeg starting to starting to feel good. Whereas St. Louis, I don't think that they, I don't think that it's a matter of feeling good for St. Louis. It's a matter of being able to play their system. And I, I'm wondering now, Winnipeg gets rolling. I don't think they have the horses to keep up for three more games to to be able to put this team away. So uh, I'm trying to remember how many games I said this series would go. I think I said six. I, you and I both said six. So uh, I'm, I'm sticking with that. I actually, when St. Louis, it's funny when St. Louis was up to nothing, I said, wow, Winnipeg is going to win the next four. Like it just seems like one of those kinds of series. I remember what, what series was it? I think it was, this was like early two thousands. It might've been the year the wings won the cup in 2002. I, I don't remember. They, they played the Canucks in the first round. They got down order two. Yeah. They got down. Yeah. And the, the top line for the Canucks, that was the, the Brendan Morrison, Marcus Naslin, and Todd Bertuzzi line. Such a good line. So good. I mean, that line was one of the top lines in the league for several years. They got up 2 nothing, and it was just like the wings went, no. Yeah. No. Uh, We're definitely not going to lose a series to Dan freaking Cluche. Okay? That's not going to happen. Dan Cluche was their goaltender. Uh, but, I, yeah, I do, I do think that Winnipeg, Winnipeg now, especially winning the last two, they have the... All the, the momentum. They have all the momentum. All of it, yeah. And St. Louis could steal some back, but I I, I think that Winnipeg is going to take this game five. Yeah, it's when you're going to Winnipeg. I mean, the way they're rolling right now, it's going to be crazy in that building. And I think I I don't think you know St. Louis is beaten down mentally, but I I think you know like we've talked about the the edge is kind of there to to Winnipeg. So and Winnipeg has the playoff experience, I think, of winning series. St. Louis not so much. They they haven't really won any series. What have they won? Maybe one series in the last. I think they beat not they, much. Did they beat Minnesota one year? I think they beat Minnesota one year. Maybe yeah, I think like two years ago. Yeah, but this this team just doesn't it. It just doesn't scare me. Whereas Winnipeg, I just think Winnipeg's too good to lose here. And I really, I don't want you don't want Winnipeg to lose here unless you're a Blues fan. If you're a Blues fan, like, my God, keep rooting for your team. 
Uh, but if you're anybody else, you gotta you gotta be looking. Maybe if you're a Nashville fan, you're like, please lose. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you want Winnipeg in here, because they're one of the best. They're the, maybe the best team in the West. One of one of maybe Vegas is. They they at least are more entertaining in my mind than St. Louis. And with Tampa Bay gone, you don't want all these heavy hitters to be out early. It just it's boring. I don't want to see a St. Louis. Or, you know, a St. Louis Vegas or something like that. Or I don't know. It's just not what I, I, I want to see Nashville go against Vegas again. Or I want to see Winnipeg go against Vegas. You know, I guess it was Winnipeg and Vegas. I, I want to see some of those heavy hitters playing each other again. I, I don't, the Cinderella thing, it's it's clearly maybe it's going to happen in the East. We got our Cinderella. So everyone's, move on. A, everyone's a Cinderella team in the East now <laughs> because no one was supposed to be Tampa Bay. Nobody. Okay, uh, one last series since it's not being played today, since game four is Thursday. Let's talk Washington and Carolina. Uh, Carolina wins game three in convincing fashion, 5 nothing, And they, of course, they barely lost game two. Washington won in overtime, 4-3, and Washington took game. Game one was was pretty heavily, heavily favored for Washington in, in that one. And uh, Carolina's done a nice job after game one in weathering the storm and they came out hard in game three. And that was, I mean, it's clear there's some like that Winnipeg St. Louis series home ice advantage maybe hasn't meant much so far in this series. I think especially for Carolina, it's, it's the difference was coming home. Something about that home crowd in Carolina. Yeah. Stick a fork in them. They're done. Okay, you think that that's their I, one game? I think game? Carolina's done. You think that's their yeah, game to win? That, and- that's their one game to win. Congratulations to you. You made the playoffs. No one expected you to. I mean, but that, yeah, and, and Svetsnikov now is... What a freaking idiot. Like, what a freaking idiot. Okay? <laughs> it's... I don't... <sighs> okay. Did you really think that you were going to hurt Ovechkin? Did you think you were going to hit him? I know. I don't... Ovi doesn't fight anymore, and there's a reason for it because that's how he's been so successful over the last few years. He doesn't throw his body around anymore. He doesn't play that type of game. But you know he can freaking wail if he wants to, right? Dude. And you have been baiting him all game. All, just, all game. All game, just hacking at him. All calling him. I mean, just dropping F-bombs left and right at this guy. And if it was me and I was Ovi, I would have wanted to lay you out so much earlier. And... And Ovi wasn't going to do that, but the kid looked at him and said, let's go. Frick, yeah, I'm going to go at this heck, point. And- heck, yeah, especially when you're losing. it's Dude. I, you know, the other thing, the funniest is that Svechnikov, also a Russian. Yes. Uh, you you have to think that they've interacted. I wonder if Ovechkin just doesn't like him. I was like, <laughs> you know what, fuck this kid. So he's probably had a little, I mean, I'm sure the kid might have had a little bit of arrogance to his game or, you know, maybe the way he was trash talking Ovi or something. I don't know. Something. But, I mean, and especially, I bet you he was, I bet you he was yapping at him in Russian too. Oh, I'm sure. I bet you that gets you even more when you're like, <laughs> right. <a little> turd. Because <laughs> nobody else can hear it but you. Exactly. I mean, well, okay. So remaining series in this one, you think. Washington's going to win the next two, and, and that's that's it. Or you think Carolina? Yeah, Carolina had their one rally game. They rallied around Sveshnikov getting beat up because it was one nothing, <laughs> and, and that was it. And I think at this point, Washington knows how to win a lot more. They grind out, and they just they close the series out in five. Okay. Uh, well, we will be back another time. We'll talk about all the rest of the series. Uh, there's, there's just no point in talking about them when the games are going to happen in an hour. So uh, I... 
I'll, I'll give you my pick. I think Calgary's going to still they'll, they'll come back. They'll they'll win in six against uh, against Colorado, six or seven. It's it's fine. I'm sticking with Colorado. Uh, I'm I'm sticking with Nashville. I I do think that it could still go seven games. That was my pick. Was in seven, and Dallas has proven that they they're keeping up and they're grinding it out with Nashville. And Nashville's power play is freaking awful. So they they always have a shot. And then uh, when it comes to Toronto, I think that that game three. That was it. That's the game where you went, oh, this is not the same team. This is not the same team at all. And Marner took over. Matthews scored. I I picked the Leafs to win in six games. And and I said Leafs would win game one. Boston would win game two. Leafs would win three and four. Boston wins five. Leafs win six. So far, I've been right. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. I've been right. three. For, I'm three for three. I'm three for three. We'll see. what. I hope you're right. Me too. I just want to hear about it when they close out in six. Oh man, I still I Dallas, you know that I'm going to go back and I'm going to pull that off. Absolutely, you are, and, and I'm going to play try it and show. Make that thing go viral, dude. It's going to be great. Uh, Dallas Nashville. I love the goaltending battle here. It's just going to be who blinks first because this one's probably going to go seven in my mind. And uh, Ben Bishop grows every game. He does. I swear <laughs> that by the time you get to game six. The the broadcasters are like, wait, this guy's a this guy's big, seven he's foot very tall, tall. <laughs> and and you, they're like, here, let's take a picture of the net with him in it, and he looks like a freaking sumo wrestler in there. Yeah, Calgary, they got to figure out how to stop Nathan McKinnon. If they can do that, they can close out. Um, if not, it's it's it might go might go seven. So we'll they, see. They might win the series if they can't shut down Dude, McKinnon. He's, he's looked unworldly. Yeah, and good for their uh, Kale McCarr. I mean, coming in looking pretty good. He's First defenseman ever to score in his first ever game in the playoffs. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. His parents were just elated. It was it was cool. And scene. I think only the fifth nice defenseman goal. ever to score his first NHL goal in his first NHL game. Right. Yeah, I think, I think so. Pretty dang good. All right. Well, we're looking forward to all those games. Thanks for listening. We uh, you can find us of course on Twitter. Uh, hit us up. Let us know what you thought of the show. And uh, if you, you know, have any have anything that we need to talk about on our next show, toss it our way. You guys have a a good week. We'll talk to you later.